won't you say his name? Point seven WTCC. Good morning. Welcome to the Spoken Word. I'm your host, Bishop Talbert Swan II. And as usual, we'll be telling it like it is through cultural idioms and nuances that shape the order, ethos, and chaos of the African-American experience. Words have their own vitality. They shape their own consciousness and create their own context for interpreting social and spiritual reality. The spoken word contains the power 
to reshape the landscape of society. It is seven minutes past the hour of 9 a.m., and I want to thank Mr. Kenneth Barnett for bringing us up into the 9 o'clock hour with The Promise. You can hear The Promise every Monday morning from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., bringing you the best in gospel music. A good way to start out your Monday morning, a great way to start out your week. Well, um, Christmas season is here, and um, I know y'all out there shopping and um, spending all kinds of money and getting ready for the um, celebration of the holiday and all of that good stuff, and uh, you know, I, I, I feel you, I feel you. Um, but listen, I, I'm, I'm going to talk today um, about uh, Black Christmas, you know, how black folks celebrate Christmas, and uh, and then talk about Black Santa as well. You know, there are folks who, you know, I, you know, I sometimes say stuff that kind of gets under people's skin. And I was at the mall with my son, and, you know, I was just a little bit surprised at how many black families were standing in line with their children, um, you know, uh, so their kids could take a picture with white Santa. Um, and, you know, and that's just me. That's my pet peeve and stuff. I, so I'll talk about it. Um, I'll and, you know, folks say, well, you know, Santa's a fictional character. It does shit. His color shouldn't matter. How come whenever uh, characters are turned from black to white that white people then say the color doesn't matter? My question is, if color didn't matter, why'd you change it in the first place? Seeing how uh, St. Nicholas, who uh, Santa Claus is based off of, was a black man that lived in Turkey. And seeing how Jesus Christ was a black man that lived in Northeast Africa, then y'all turn them both white, and then when we say, well, you know they were black, color doesn't matter. Yeah, okay, so you don't mind him being black, right? <laughs> anyway, um, you know, we're going to talk about that. Uh, and then um, um, Lizzo was twerking at the um, at the Lakers game. And everybody's saying, that, you know, you're body shaming. You know, you're body shaming. You're just mad because uh, she's fat and you're shaming a fat woman and you're shaming black women and yada. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And we're going to talk about that too. 413-736-2781. 413-736-2781. Tell a friend, uh, tell somebody that the bishop is on the air and, you know, it's, it's going to get raw as it usually does. Because uh, he's going to be talking about all that controversial stuff. Um, so, you know, uh, you t- tell him I'm on the air. Uh, those of you who are streaming with me, who are rolling with me on Instagram, um, Twitter, Periscope, uh, Facebook Live, and shortly we'll be on uh, YouTube as well. You know, go on and share. Share it with your friends. Tell them that um, we're on the air. I want you to chime in on the discussion. Uh, Rep your city, rep your town. Let me know uh, exactly where you're chiming in from. 
Um, those of you who are on the streaming services, put down the uh, number so folks that are logging on after you uh, will know uh, what number to call, um, 413-736-2781, 413-736-2781 is the number here if you want to chime in on the discussion today. Stay with us. Don't you dare touch that dial. We'll be right back. Change to be next up, and why we let the nation elect Trump? And why, cause I'm black, do I gotta try two times harder than y'all just to catch up? Why I feel that they still don't respect us, don't accept us, or protect but arrest us? Why I feel that the world's so messed up? Why the system I live in oppress us? Why these girls on the ground wear less clothes? Why is rap now all about the best hooks? Why I'm always on the internet though? Why I read Facebook more than textbooks? Why did Ricky have to walk to the store? Why I can't have to walk out that door? Why Houston or Raheem never seemed to see that there was something wrong with Bishop before? Why Pookie go back to the pipe? Why Mitch ain't catch Uncle Ice? Why Floyd Mayweather get to stack up over 200 thou racks when he fight? Why I gotta pay excise taxes? Why I feel like I don't like rappers? Why I feel like I don't like classes? Why I cost so much for a bachelor's? Why I can't get through to the masses? Why they don't know where Springfield Mass is? Why are weak MCs getting passes? Why is everyone a thug and a savage? Why is good nutrition expensive? Why is mass media so convincing? Why is Black Lives Matter offensive? Why I work 40 years for a pension? Why people ask why I'm not signed? Why wouldn't I want to be independent? Why try and make a living off rhymes? Why care for a hater's opinion? Why I sweat when I get pulled over? Why am I a threat when I rock pullovers? And why can't I buy wine when I'm 18, but I gotta register to be a soldier? Why I feel like I hate getting older? Why I feel all this weight on my shoulders? Why brag when you fake that life? Why Leah have to take that flight? Why Christ have to pay that price? Why Trayvon Martin couldn't have started walking down a whole nother way that night? Why I stress but I say I'm alright? Why is everyone rapping like this? Why do millions of rappers exist? Why reality shows ain't so real? Why MJ take those pills? Why boys in the field getting killed? Why it getting so real in the field? Why is it harder for real MCs? Why I feel like I still can't breathe? Yeah, I just gotta know. I just gotta know. Yeah, why I can't get through to the masses? Hey. Why they don't know what Springfield Mass is? I just gotta know. I just gotta know. Why weak MCs getting passes? Yeah. Why is everyone a thug and a savage? Why? I just gotta know. I just gotta know. Why brag when you ain't that nice? Why brag when you fake that life? Why? I just gotta know. I just gotta know. Why I can't get through to the masses? Yeah. I just gotta know. Yeah. I would have seen him tell a dying thief this day will I be with me in paradise. 
Now there was one thief that was mocking him, saying, if you're the son of God, why don't you free yourself? Why don't you come down off of the cross? But then there was another thief who said that we deserve to be here. He doesn't. Only thing I want is you to remember me when you come into your kingdom. And notice, if you will, when he prayed that prayer, Jesus didn't ask the man if he knew salvation theology. He didn't ask the man if he had been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, or if he had been baptized in Jesus' name. He didn't ask the man if he was A-M-E, C-M-E, come on somebody, C-O-G-I-C. He didn't ask the man if he liked Jay-Z or the J-B's. He didn't, he didn't ask. All he said was, this day, you're going to be with me in paradise. He didn't ask the man if he was a Republican or a Democrat or a Democrat or a Republican. I'm so sick of folk trying to act like you're the party of God. Get on out of here with that foolishness. God is independent. Y'all ain't going to help me in here. Oh, my God. He said, this day, you'll be with me in paradise. He would have observed Jesus taking care of his mama on the cross. Yes. Said, woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. He would have seen the Lord in utter loneliness on the cross when he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He would have observed the Lord's humanity when he said, I'm thirsty. He would have learned how to pray when Jesus declared, it is finished. He would have heard Jesus shout of triumph when he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. If Simon had remained at the cross, he would have beheld a midnight darkness come over the land from noon until three o'clock in the afternoon, the hottest and brightest part of the day. He would have felt the earth reel and rock like a drunk man. He would have seen a hardened Roman centurion on crucifixion duty be moved to confess surely this man was the son of God. If Simon had stayed around, he couldn't have helped but to be moved by all he knew and heard. I don't know about you, but Calvary always moves me. When I think about all that Jesus went through for me, I'm always moved. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. One school of preaching says a preacher should never close a sermon without touching Calvary. And the older I get, the more I understand why. And perhaps Moses' parting of the Red Sea doesn't do anything for you. Maybe the three Hebrew boys might seem like a fantasy. Maybe Daniel in the lion's den seems like fiction. But the story of God's love is able to reach the hardest of hearts in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God commended his love toward us. Oh my God. God sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. And when you ask Jesus, how much do you love me? He says, that much. 
I don't know, I don't know when Simon became a believer. Perhaps it started when he began to carry at the cross. Maybe it continued at Calvary. And after the Lord's resurrection and before his ascension, perhaps Simon was one of those who beheld Jesus in one of his post-resurrection appearances. And if so, he would have seen firsthand what God can still do for you when the devil has done everything to break you. And even though you have the marks of Calvary upon you, you still have resurrection glory. You still have answered prayer glory. You still have victory anyhow glory. When you've helped someone carry a cross, when you've watched that person suffer, and when you know for a fact that that person should be over and done with and yet he or she stands before you with a testimony that says look where Jesus has brought me from and see what the Lord has done that's enough to make you go Marvin Gaye and make you want to holler oh my God that's enough to make you a believer who knows maybe Simon was in the upper room or in the crowd that gathered on the outside on the day of Pentecost maybe he heard Peter say, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. These men are not drunk uh, as you suppose, uh, but in the last days, uh, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision. Your old men will dream dreams. Uh, maybe Simon heard the question, brothers, what should we do? Uh, if he had, he would have heard the answer. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. Oh my God, I don't know when Simon became a believer, but one thing I do know, that his time with Jesus, his experience with Jesus, had to be more than a momentary encounter of prospering to Calvary. It had to be more than a meme that he saw on Twitter that morning and forgot about by that afternoon. It had to be more than a post that he saw on Facebook on Wednesday and forgot about it by Thursday. He had to have some other experiences that didn't make it into the record and sometimes it's the off the record experiences that tell your real story. Now, you remember the time when you were by yourself and nobody was around to record it. Nobody went live with it. Nobody could take a picture of it. Uh, but you felt the presence of the Most High in your situation. Uh, you had a personal visit with Jesus and felt the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody else in here that when the cameras were off, the folk were gone and you were by yourself, you had a little talk? Jesus, uh, and you can tell him uh, all about your struggles. Uh, oh, my, 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 my. Uh, you can feel my, my, my. The prayer wheel turned, uh, and you knew the fire was burning. Uh, Cause just a little talk uh, with Jesus uh, makes it right. Uh, tap your neighbor uh, and say, neighbor. Uh, this is more huh, than just a me. Huh. Yeah. This thing is bigger to me huh, than a momentary experience. Now, I don't know when Simon became a believer. Now, but something.
Warning weather forecast from Western Mass News. It's a dry, chilly day today. The wind will be a lot lighter as well. A little bit of morning sunshine, but the clouds will increase. Temperatures will reach into the middle 30s. But this afternoon and evening, clouds thicken up. Snow develops after midnight. It will continue into tomorrow morning. Then it will change to sleet and freezing rain and wind down in the afternoon. Two to four inches of snow, sleet, and freezing rain. From the Mass Pike and Point Cell, four to six north and west. Tomorrow night will dry things out. Temperatures will fall into the 20s after high tomorrow, by the way, around freezing. Then as we go into your Wednesday, sunshine in the morning, clouds build in the afternoon. An Arctic front will drop through with some late-day snow showers or a snow squall before the front. Temperatures reach into the middle 30s, and then it's windy and bitterly cold for Thursday. With your Western Mass News First Warning Forecast, I'm meteorologist Dan Brown. This program has been underwritten by Antonio's Catering. Catering presenting the 17th annual Christmas Extravaganza. Feature in a Wonderland holiday. Sunday, December 22nd, 2019. Social hour, 2 to 3 o'clock p.m. Dinner at 3.30 p.m. The American Legion, Post 452, 43 Exchange Street, Chicopee, Mass. Mistress of Ceremony, Ayana Crawford. The honorary awardee are Robert Lockett Jr., Lily Mae Minton Hill, Kyrene Tabar, Skip Miller, Mr. and Mrs. James Goodman, and Carmen Mason May. Live entertainment by saxophonist Joe Wilson and the incredible DJ KLM. Raffle prizes and a tasty buffet. Day. For more information, 413-887-9041 or 413-330-9492. WTCC would like to thank Antonio's Catering. For underwriting with us. This program has been underwritten by Westfield State University and Springfield Public Schools. Hi, I'm Dr. Cheryl Stanley, Dean of Education at Westfield State University. And I'm Azel Kavan, Chief Communications Officer at Springfield Public Schools. Do you want to be an inspiration, transform a life, become a teacher in your neighborhood right here in Springfield? A career as a teacher at Springfield Public Schools allows you to work in a field with many opportunities for promotions and salary increases and inspire you from your community to dream beyond their challenges. A unique partnership between Westville State University and Springfield Public Schools paves a pathway for Springfield Public School students to become Springfield Public School teachers. For more information, contact the Springfield Public Schools High School Guidance Counselor or Westville State University. Reach to teach. WTCC would like to thank Westville State University and Springfield Public Schools for underwriting with us. This program has been Underwritten by MGM Springfield. MGM Springfield welcomes Charlie Wilson. Yeah, you looking sweeter Live in concert. Girl, Friday, March 27th at Symphony Hall. Everyone's favorite Uncle Charlie. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. WTCC would like to thank MGM Springfield for underwriting with us. WTCC, 
Let me see. Phone line ringing already? I ain't said nothing. Let me check it out. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, can, I, can I talk about the cadets, the Navy cadets? The Navy cadets. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just wondering, like, uh, you know, I've been reading about the 4chan and how they created that hand signal to, to, to be racist. And I just don't, I, you know, I don't even think it is. I think it was a big joke. You don't think it was racist? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Well, that's not part of the topic today, but it was racist. Um, um, the, the Army-Navy game, uh, white cadets are throwing up the white power symbol. If you look at um, the picture of the white nationalists who murdered 51 people in New Zealand, in a mosque in New Zealand, who said that he was inspired by Donald Trump and by Candace Owens. Uh, He's standing uh, between uh, law enforcement authorities uh, with handcuffs on, and he's holding up the white power symbol. That's exactly what that is. Everybody knows what it is. And, and, and now white folks want to pretend that when these bigots hold up the white power symbol, they're just saying, okay. Why are you randomly doing okay? Who, who does that? Who randomly puts up okay, you know, slips their hand by the commentator on national TV when you notice that you're on the jumbotron. Who who does that? Who, who does that? Nobody but white nationalists. Yeah, it was racist. So we're not going to get into that today. Um, 413-736-2781. Good morning to everybody who's uh, chiming in from the program. Good morning, Instagram, Facebook Live. Uh, Twitter slash Periscope, YouTube, uh, all of those who are listening throughout the Pioneer Valley and on the Internet across the globe. Uh, Good morning to each and every one of you. Congratulations out to uh, all the black girl magic that's been happening out there. Um, To Chelsea Crist, who won Miss USA. Uh, To Nia Franklin, who won Miss America. Um, To... Callie Garris, who won Miss Teen USA, uh, to Zozabini Tunzi, who won Miss Universe, uh, and to Tony Ann Singh, who won Miss World. And for the first time in history, all five major pageants were won by black women. Now, they're, what they're saying out there, they're saying won by women of color. They're won by black women. That's some real black girl magic going on right there. Congratulations out to each and every one of them, uh, and especially in uh, a nation where um, white standards of beauty um, have been the norm uh, and where black people had been taught to hate their wide noses, to hate their thick lips, to hate their kinky hair, to hate their dark skin. Women have been taught to hate, uh, you know, their wide hips and their big breasts um, and all of that stuff um, uh, and to conform to white norms and standards of beauty um, for these five black women uh, to be recognized is historic, especially it happening in the same year. So congratulations to each and every one of them. Now, listen, um, the entertainer uh, Lizzo is having 
a great year. I mean, you, you you really, as an entertainer, it's hard to have a better year than what she's having. She was just on the cover of Time magazine. Time named her the Entertainer of the Year. She was nominated for eight Grammys. Uh, she's got millions of fans. Uh, and she's made her name um, off of freely expressing herself as a proud big black woman. Um, and they say that she inspires women uh, all around the world to come out from behind the closet of self-doubt and um, break out of societal restraints um, to feel confident and sexy and and proud and to love yourself and all of that, you know, um, uh, all of that positive messaging that has really catapulted her um to recognition she's kind of like the black adele you know uh it, it's kind of elevating her to iconic status though she's brash and exuberant um unapologetic in uh, some of the controversial things that she says and does um um there was a wider controversy that erupted last week uh when she went to the fakers game. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, to all you Lakers fan, Reverend Jesse Burgess. Yeah, to all you, <laughs> to all you Lakers fan, Wayne Allen. Yep, to all you Lakers fans, my brother Fred Swan. All you Lakers fan. Anyway, uh, she went to a Lakers game, and um, <clears throat> well, it, you know, it was interesting. It was the Lakers versus the Timberwolves. Um, uh, last Sunday, she went there with her entourage. Uh, and she wore <clears throat> a long black T-shirt dress um, with some fishnet tights, um, some patent boots. Um, and, and I wish I could unsee <laughs> what I saw, uh, but a, a thong or in the words of <laughs> uh, in the words of Tariq Nasheed, a wrong <laughs> that, it, that it wasn't a thong. It was a wrong. Um, now from the front, the outfit, you know, was just typical, like anything somebody might wear to the basketball game. But from the back, oh, Jesus, take the wheel <laughs> from the back. It, it, you know, it was a completely different story. Uh, it had a large hole cut out in the back um, to reveal her entire behind. That was a large hole. It was a, that was a big hole. Um, yeah, it was a big, big hole. Anyway, um, to to reveal uh, her her thong. Um, now during halftime, the Laker girls danced to her song "Juice." And she got up and twerked. Yeah, got up and twerked. Now, people were saying, you know, that's representing a strong black woman. Since when does do black women need to twerk in order to show their strength? My mother is one of the strongest women I know on the planet. I ain't never seen her twerk. Okay. Uh, since when do you, my sisters are strong black women. They don't twerk. 
My daughters are strong black women. They don't twerk. And now, now you know, y'all want to twerk, y'all go on to twerk. All I'm saying is since when is being a strong black woman associated with twerking in public? Y'all going to have to help me with that one. So anyway, so she twerks uh, to her song and revealed a lot of herself in the process. And it was blown up on the screen in the stadium. All right. Uh, she twerked, showed her behind her thong, um, and then continued to show her behind on Instagram, sharing a video of herself from behind, uh, saying this is what a bad bee looks like when she goes to the Lakers game. You know, uh, and had somebody filming her from behind, uh, showing her backside. More than many of us wanted to see. Now, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. She was in the club. She was at a private party. She's at a strip club. Wherever. Some appropriate venue for revealing your flesh in that way. That's one thing. But you're at a game. A sporting event with the public around. People's kids were at the game. And I don't care how y'all try to spin it. I don't care. I, you know, I've been called all kinds of things since I commented on it. I'm a misogynist. It's misogynoir. All that kind of stuff. I don't buy it. Okay. It was simply inappropriate. Okay. And there aren't too many sensible people that disagree with that, including women. 413-736-2781. What makes her think that any parent wants their young son or daughter to see her expose her derriere? for thousands of peoples and cameras at a Lakers game. Ain't nobody came to the game to see your butt crack. That's not what they came for. They came to see the Lakers against the Timberwolves. And I don't care. Y'all try to use false equivalencies all you want. Well, cheerleaders are scandally clad. They ain't showing their butt crack. Okay? So stop it. Stop comparing a cheerleader outfit to twerking with your behind out in a thong. It ain't the same thing. It's not. And, and, and you know, I mean, as a role model, as a growing celebrity, her people, they need to let her know that there's a difference in the type of venues that you go into. What you can do in this venue, you can't do in that venue. All right. Now she might be a star in the music world, but she ain't bigger than the game. And that's no pun intended, no weight shaming intended. Um, um, you know, people respect 
her rise, her standing in the industry. But please have a modicum of class. That's necessary, especially for a star that that wants to be an example, you know, to young girls and to women. And and there are a lot of fans coming to her fence. Uh, you know, they're trying to divert the real issue. Once again, they're trying to blame us for body shaming. Y'all all need to sit down, shut up, be quiet, and let Lizzo take her criticism like the bad bee that she says that she is. Okay? It's constructive. And her response to the mess, you know, that really revealed her insecurity, her defensiveness. Rather than understanding that this is a venue where people's children, it's a family-friendly atmosphere, etc., that it was inappropriate for you to be flashing your behind out at this event, she took to Instagram to defend herself, and she said whoever didn't like her A could kiss her A. That's classy. Yeah, that's, that's just classy. You know, certain rules don't change for Lizzo or for anybody else. Now, just imagine for a moment if she was a man who came and exposed his behind, all right, in the vicinity of children in a public venue. If I did that, I would get arrested. They wouldn't show me on the jumbotron. Nobody would be coming to my defense. They'd be saying, that's a perverted preacher. He ought to be locked up. Keep your kids away from him. That's what y'all would be saying. And you know that's what y'all would be saying if a man did the exact same thing that Lizzo did at that game. So it's, it's not the act of twerking that's the problem. It's the see-through, barely lace behind view she provided for everybody to see. She wasn't at the strip club. This was not a situation that's necessarily going to affect her fan base or popularity. But she could at least try to understand why people got upset instead of just blowing it off as they were hating. No, everything ain't hating. All right? Uh, Some things are constructive criticism that you need to listen to. And this is one of those cases where you need to sit down and kind of, um, you know, uh, do an assessment of your behavior and self-correct. You know, um, I mean, obviously, millions of fans have accepted you for who you are. They encourage uh, your spontaneity, uh, uh, your behavior, you know, but celebrities from all over the world, way more iconic and known than Lizzo. Some who have been just as uninhibited as she, they've attended Lakers games and followed the rules for proper decorum. And that's all we're saying. 413-736- Two seven eight one. So, Christmas time is almost upon us. A week from this Wednesday, 
And whether you know whether you believe the Christmas tradition is rooted in um, the pagan holiday, um, whether you believe it's about a baby born in swaddling clothing, uh, or shamans getting high on magic mushrooms, and that is a thing. Um, whatever you believe about Christmas, uh, we can agree. Um, it's become more than a simple religious remembrance, and it's evolved into a cultural ritual. In America, it's more commercialized than most places. Um, but it's a big deal. Whether people believe in Christ, or whether they believe it's his birthday or not, um, whether you're atheist, agnostic, um, Christian, whatever uh, your religious persuasion or not is, Christmas is still a big deal to most people. And because of this, there are some real differences between black Christmas and white Christmas. There are real differences between the way black Americans celebrate the season and the way the rest of the country celebrates the season. All right. Let me just walk you through some of these, you know, disparities in terms of how we celebrate Because sometimes other folk can't recognize the holiday when we black folk begin um, to celebrate. Um, See, when it comes to black Christmas, the holiday uh, begins much later than the traditional Caucasian season. See, the white Christmas season begins immediately after the Dallas Cowboys lose on Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, I mean, it immediately after Thanksgiving, after the Cowboys lose, they pack up the van and they drive to camp out at the stores to get ready for uh, Black Friday. I mean, they they don't even get a turkey's time to digest, um, you know, before they're wandering to the mall, you know, getting ready to fight other white people. Um in a game, in a tournament, to buy some discounted gifts for their loved ones. You know, whether they're fighting over, way back in the day, Cabbage Patch dials or flat-screen TVs or iPhones or whatever. they get. I mean, as soon as Dallas loses, you know, they pack up and they get ready to go and camp out for Black Friday. And, and I'm not saying that black people don't wade into the Black Friday morass because there's some of y'all that are stupid enough, um, you know, to go out and camp out with the white folks and roast marshmallows all night and stuff to get ready to fight other people um, on on that Black Friday. Uh, but for the most part, black folks have been taught um, uh, to value a good sale, but we not going out on Black Friday to deal with all that foolishness. Um, see, the reason black people always win the 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 Walmart um, fight fest and the matches over dirt cheap flat screen TVs is partly because unlike you know our white counterparts, we're not purchasing those presents for our loved ones. (laughs) Y'all got to be honest about it. Um, We buying that flat screen for ourselves. Okay. All right. 
And see, y'all ain't got enough invested in the fight because you buying it as a gift for Billy. <laughs> black folk out buying that plasma screen TV on Black If they out on Black Friday trying to get it, they buying it for themselves. Come on, how many of y'all on social media? Can I get an amen? Somebody just type amen right there because uh, you know you buying it for yourself. Um you know, I, I mean, and there have been studies that 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 um, a great percentage of black folks who do go out on Black Friday are doing it for their own benefit. See, black Christmas shoppers, we get most of our gifts during um, the holiday of Christmas bonus paycheck day. You know, that that's when uh, black folks start decking the halls with boughs of holly. Um, cause that's when the true Christmas season begins. They waiting on that, that bonus check. Um, um, you know, but for the most part, we not out there, um, doing the black Friday thing. Uh, and, and, and y'all think it's a shame that we do everything on CP time. Yeah, and it is for the most part. And, and, and we do Christmas on CP time. Um, because black, Christmas extends way past Christmas Day. You know, our Christmas goes past Christmas Day because um, we get those presents in the after Christmas sale and the New Year's Day sale. And then in the um, as soon as January 1st come, they go to H&R Block and we get our tax check sale. You know, so Christmas Day can extend all the way into April for black people. Um, and the gifts that we get are, are, are a little different, you know, than the gifts other folks give. So uh, the things that we eat are a little different. You know, they eat pumpkin pie. We eat sweet potato pie. You know, uh, the gift-giving part of black Christmas Last way past Christmas once again. You know, we wait till it's over. Then we're going to send the grandkids their gifts and stuff when the prices go back down. Um, so, you know, we just have a different cultural norm in terms of how we handle the Christmas season. That's why I haven't gone shopping yet. That's why we ain't tripping. <laughs> you know, we ain't running out doing our. Listen, it's a sin for me to go out to shop before the 20th of December. Um, that that's just real. And, and I know there's a whole lot of black fathers and mothers out there saying, amen, Bishop. I, you know, I, you know, I know you got that right. Um, I mean, that's just the way it is. Now let me talk, tell y'all about black Santa. Um, white Santa, black Santa. I was at the mall with my son and we weren't there shopping. We were out there because he wanted to go to the arcade and wanted to go bowling. So we went to hang out and go bowling. And y'all, you know, I still got it. Boy, I ain't been out there in a while, but you know, brother was putting them strikes down. I, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, um, I saw these black families waiting in line with their babies to take a picture with white Santa. And that blew my mind. Not, not that you don't see one or two here, but there was a lot of them out there. And I'm like, really? You know, um, and I know, you know, folks say, well, you know, Bishop, you, you really ought to stop it because 
Santa's a fictional character, and it doesn't matter his color. That's always the story when y'all change people from black to white, and then you say it don't matter. The color all of a sudden don't matter once you got them looking European. You know, when y'all made Charlton Heston play Moses and turn Moses and them into white folks, the color didn't matter. Y'all turned Jesus into a white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed dude from Europe. Color don't matter. Um, Santa Claus is one of the hallmarks of white Christmas. See, white kids, they believe in Santa Claus till they're like 22 or 23 years old or something. Black children, you know, they got about 20 minutes once they come into consciousness to hear about Santa Claus before they realize the idea of a benevolent white dude bringing joy into their lives is highly questionable, especially when most other white people do not bring joy to them. Um, and, and, and this is because white people are much better at accepting nonsense than we are. Uh, as soon as a black kid can talk and ask questions, all right, they got too many questions that can't be answered by the Santa fairy tale. And most of them know, you know, mom, dad, y'all the ones who bought these presents. Um, and they have smart questions because our kids are smart. They ask questions like, you know, how did Santa Claus get into our third floor apartment and we ain't even got a chimney, you know? And if he did, shouldn't we be upgrading the alarm system? Our kids are smart. They're smart. They look up on the roof. They know how much room is up there. And they're like, so you mean to tell me Santa Claus landed on the roof with 12 reindeer and ain't nobody noticed nothing. <laughs> the pit bull next door didn't start barking. The nosy old lady over there who sees what time we come in and out the house. Nobody noticed some fat white dude with a sleigh and 12 whole reindeer landing on the roof. Our kids are smart. They got intelligent questions. I mean, they're like, okay, so we left out some milk and cookies. Why would Santa Claus eat the cookies, but he didn't touch grandma's sweet potato pie that was right there next to it? He didn't want no sweet potato pie. They ask intelligent questions. Intelligent questions, you know, um, and those of our children that have any level of consciousness, you know, I have conscious children. You know, I got conscious children. Um, you know, they, they know the history of black people and the oppression and struggle that we went through. And the first thing they're going to ask is, wait a minute. Don't you think there's something wrong with all these elves slaving and making all these toys for free? Ain't that kind of like slavery? I mean, L's lives matter, right? I mean, our, our kids are smart. You know, they're smart. They're going to ask the right questions. And then, you know, because black parents, we always buying our kids some gadgets 
and forgetting to buy the batteries, right? You know how, how many? Come on, raise your hand. Those of y'all that are guilty um, that you 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 know you get to say you forget to buy the batteries. Our kids ask smart questions. Okay, so Santa Claus ain't got no D batteries. Santa ain't had no batteries. Santa gonna drop this toy off and he ain't got no batteries. Our kids are smart, um, and so you know so. As black parents, you know, we just got to cut the charade and we got to let our children know, you know, um, that, you know, just like all the other myths that white folks believe in, like, you know, like Daryl Scott having to talk with Chicago gang thugs and and like all lives matter and like so-called trickle down economics, um, like the fact that racism don't exist and Donald Trump is not a racist. They know that. A white fat dude from the North Pole is a figment of the white imagination. Yeah, that just don't go well um, with black culture. And while we're at that, uh, what color is Santa? Really? You know, uh, have you ever thought about the race of Santa Claus? You know, Megyn Kelly said Santa just is white. And that's all there is to it. Um what ethnicity is your Santa? First of all, let's 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 get it straight because the jolly red-nosed white man and bear of Christmas gift is a fictional North American character. But let me tell you about the real Santa Claus legend. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, caller. All right, just be patient. I'll answer the call. 413-736-2781. Those of you who want to call in. Uh, on the conversation, the Santa Claus legend is traced to St. Nicholas, a black Christian monk who lived in Turkey, a black Christian monk who lived in Turkey in the fourth century. That's where that's the character, the real life character that St. Nicholas or Santa Claus is based off of. And through the years, St. Nick had been depicted as a black man. But all of a sudden, when you know, when white folks get their hands on stuff, they can't have a benevolent person being depicted as black, especially when you're pushing white supremacy. So they changed them to a fat white dude from the North Pole. And that's how Santa went from being black to white, just like Jesus born in Northeast Africa uh, to black parents, all of a sudden became a blonde-haired, blue-eyed European dude. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Bishop. Well, I was a kid. I'm 60 now, and my daddy told me that I'm the Santa and your mama's the Claus. He used a little more colorful words because that's where we come from, but that's what he told me. So my Santa looked like my dad. That's right. That's right. And my children's father said, I don't. Juanita, you are not going to tell my children that some white man bought these toys hard as we've been working. So that's how that went. Amen. That's how, and that's that's how black families deal with it. No, baby, <laughs> you know, not not after I done worked hard and went you know? out to this mall and spent all my money and stuff. I'm not about to tell you that some white dude brought this stuff down the chimney. Absolutely not. Have a blessed day, sir. All right. Thank you for your call. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, it's, you know, now white folks, y'all can get away with that, you know, because, of course, you know, uh, Santa looked like y'all and, 
you know, and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's a nice little myth to keep your kids. Like I said, white kids be believing that stuff till they're like 22, <laughs> something like that. But our kids, they figure it out real quick, you know, real quick. Good morning, caller. Yeah, good morning. Um, this is really a disturbing. Uh, Santa Claus is black and Jesus is black. Are there any other black people in my life I should know about? You got a problem with them being black? No, I don't. I just want to know. If so what you complaining about? about? Why, why are you mad? Why are you mad? I asked you a question. Why, why are you question. mad, though? Why are you mad? You said. No, no, no. You're mad. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me repeat your words. Let me repeat. Can I repeat I'm your shocked. words? Let me repeat your words. I'm, this is disturbing. This is disturbing. Santa Claus Stop is it. black and Jesus is black. Are there any other black people in my life I need to know about? This is disturbing. Yeah. Why is it disturbing that Santa is black and Jesus is black? No, it's ner- it's news to me because when you, when you believe something your whole life, then now... But why is it morning. disturbing? Because it's it's shocking news. I mean, if you found out that your father was white, I mean, wouldn't you be? Uh, no, my daddy black. Again? I know I know who my daddy is. <laughs> I, I know he's black. He ain't no white dude. But 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 Jesus, Jesus was born. Y'all call it the Middle East, but let me debunk that misnomer. Uh, there was no yeah. such thing as the Middle East. When Christ was born, the Middle East became the Middle East when they built the Suez Canal in the 1850s that separated Northeast Africa from what is now called the Middle East. During that time, the Middle East was all Northeast Africa. So let's just put it in geographic perspective. So Jesus was born in Northeast Africa in a region of the country in a time uh, when folk who were there were black people. He went to Egypt and hid out amongst black people. But all of a sudden, he looked like Michelangelo's cousin, and you believed that nonsense? And now you're shocked that you're finding out that, ooh, he may not have been a white dude? Why are you shocked? Well, first of all, if we could just let me just go to Santa Claus. As long as I get presents on Christmas, I don't care what color Santa Claus. Is. No, no, no. What I you mean, just said, you were shocked, and you said it was disturbing. I now you're trying to backtrack. You said you were shocked. You said you said you were shocked. You said it was disturbing, and so all. I, so, but you're not going to address the Jesus part. You're not going to address the fact that well, I, I'm, I'm trying. Here's what I'm trying to figure out. Because see, if okay. folk told me all my life that some dude born to white parents in Europe was a black dude, I'd kind of ask questions about that. But for some reason, white folks don't ask questions about, you know, how how this dude who was born and raised in Africa, you know, during a time where black people were in that region and stuff, how, how did he get to be, look like Charlton Heston or, you know, look like Brad Pitt? How, how did he get to be blonde-haired and blue-eyed and look European? You never asked that question? Well, I, was just, I, was just, no, I was just, no, I was just, I was just in church the other day, and there was a nativity scene in there, and the baby was white. Of course the baby was white, because you cannot push a doctrine of white supremacy if deity is black. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't push white superiority and then tell white folks that God is black. How can you say Jesus is black, but black folks are inferior at the same time? You can't do it. So you got to change him into a white uh, baby. 
Well, you gotta, we gotta change these nativity scenes. Then, I mean, we gotta get, you know, we gotta stop making the 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 white babies, and we gotta, you gotta, we gotta change them to black babies. I mean, I think you should start that uh, crusade. Now, we already started that. We started that a long time ago, decades ago. We there ain't never been a white nativity scene up in my house. Ain't never been a white Jesus hanging in my in my house either. So trust me, but conscious black conscious black people for a long time have 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 rejected that white Jesus myth and that white Santa Claus myth. What what color is Mother Mary in your nativity scene? Mary's black too. Mary Black, oh, Joseph. Oh, you think Mary was a white woman who had a black baby? I don't know. I, oh, that's well, just too was, much. Was, that's too much was, for your white sensibilities. Black. God help me if Mother Mary was black. <laughs> Mary's got to be the pure virgin white woman, right? I'm going to have to get some medication this morning. This is too, this is too upsetting. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. You need some medication because <laughs> that's just too much. Too much. No, Lord. Uh, Elizabeth, I'm coming to join you. Mary was not white. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. I got to get out the way. <laughs> oh, man. Mrs. Cynthia Butler is in the studio. She's coming up next with Mid-Morning Jazz, Great Black Music. I'll take one final call. <laughs> Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Tell her read Revelation. It says, in Revelation, it says, Jesus, Jesus was bronze. His feet was burnt like bronze. His hair was of wool. All right. Tell her read Revelation. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Oh, God help me today. <laughs> anyway, y'all see why y'all always want to call all late and, and when you know I'm getting off the air. Um, listen, if you're looking for a place to worship, check us out at the Spring of Hope Church of God in Christ. We're located at 35 Alden Street, uh, the Brick Church right there at Six Corners. Uh, meet us there Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Uh, for Bible study, um, um, Sunday morning, uh, every morning uh, at 7 a.m. Uh, for prayer. Um, and Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. for Sunday school and 11 a.m. for our worship celebration. All right. Check us out. Uh, listen, uh, go to our website, 413hope.org. I got to get out your way. Don't you dare touch that dial. Good music is coming to you right now. Until the next time I talk to you and you talk to me, always remember, God loves you, and so do I.
won't you say his name? Crawford, say his name, John Crawford, say his name, John Crawford, say his name, John Crawford. 